Mirko Rankin, absolutely delighted to have you on the Purpose Led Leadership Podcast. We've only just recently connected. I looked at your TikTok and thought it was so impressive, not just the number of followers, just the quality and authenticity of your content. So before we delve into it, can you just tell the audience what you currently do now? Yeah, so thanks for having me on, Chris. Uh, my name's Erica. I'm the Chief Everything Officer at Brojo, a 100% plant-based edible cookie dough with added protein based out of Ontario, Canada. So that is my main gig. And then as a passion, passion project, I have Grow With Erica, and I help businesses get seen online organically, whether it be on LinkedIn, um, TikTok, Instagram, whatever platform. Brilliant. I love the, uh, the title, Chief Everything Officer. How did that come about? Uh, yeah, I think I had a, a friend said it a while ago and it really stuck with me because that's kind of what a lot of startup founders are these days, you know, cause I don't have a whole team under me just yet. I don't have the resources there. So I kind of yeah. wear all the hats. So Brodo, just as you touched on it, what is it actually, what, what's your main product and what's your, what's your aim for the business? So the product is basically a reinvention of a nostalgic treat, which is cookie dough. We know cookie dough is not supposed to be eaten raw. You grow up eating it and your mom or your dad tells you to not lick the bowl, not eat the raw cookie dough because of the raw flour and the eggs in it, and as well as the ton of sugar. So I basically kind of flipped the narrative and made it so you can eat it by using a heat treated flour, there's less sugar and there's added protein. So it's actually like a functional snack, similar to a protein bar, but tastier than a protein bar. So that's what Brodo is in a nutshell. Amazing. So are you, is it just you in the business then? Talk us about the size of the business. What's, what's going on there? So it is really small. Um, I did have an employee. He just finished his placement with me last Friday. So I am actually back to hiring. Um, very small. I contract a lot of work out. So I have some graphic designers that help me with the branding, web developers, but mm. it is very, very small. Brilliant. Well, I want to delve into that. I want to delve into your, your TikTok uh, rise really and also how you kind and your view on personal branding and social media and all that kind of stuff as well but let's go right back if I may I ask this question to a lot of my guests um, if you wouldn't mind painting us a picture kind of since you left school to now your journey uh, and any adversity you've had along, along the way many um, I don't really know where to start uh, I guess yeah I launched the company in 2019 shortly after a backpacking trip through Southeast Asia um, I never intended to be an entrepreneur. I kind of was just led down this path kind of by mistake. Um, on my trip to Southeast Asia, I met other entrepreneurs and uh, started to learn more about the lifestyle and the prerequisites that um, I thought you needed, you didn't need. I met high school dropouts. I met people who had completely different degrees than what they were doing when, in business, um, like mm -hmm. lawyers doing uh real estate like I met some guy who was a high school dropout who had a moving company and it really kind of pulled back the curtain for me and I thought these people are doing this why can't I so mm. um I've always been passionate about better for you foods and that's kind of what led me to launching bro dough and then throughout the last I guess three years um it's been a very big journey for me personally um professionally yes it's I've learned a lot and I've been able to scale a CPG company but uh, me personally, coming out of my shell, um, learning what I can do and what I can't do and trying to put myself out there more because I am an introvert at heart. So that has been a huge um, challenge for me. That's interesting. I mean, I would class myself as an introvert or maybe an ambivert, which is between the, in the middle. But I, I think I think most uh, most of the really 
successful people are actually introverts, which is a bit of a paradox because you, you're kind of putting yourself out there on, on, on the various platforms, right? So how did you find the courage and the confidence to do it? Because it's, it's just not an easy thing to do, is it? Yeah, it's not. And I didn't do it right from the beginning. It took probably like a year and a half. Um, and I did it out of a need. I was getting burnt down and doing everything myself and I had to start reaching out and asking for help. And that's another thing that I really struggle with is asking for help because I do, I do have a lot of pride and I had a little bit of an ego and, um, it does kind of suck when you ask for help at the beginning and then you start Mm. to realize, wow, I could move a lot quicker if I just reached out and asked questions and got people to help me, um, who know more than me, because there's always someone who knows more than you. Um, sometimes we don't like to think that way, but it is true and it can save us so much headaches, money, time, all of that stuff. So it's interesting. Um, where do you think this introversion comes from? Is it deep-rooted somewhere else? Uh, I've always been an introvert. Um, Like, growing up, I wasn't the most confident kid. Like, I was that chubby kid who had horses, who got really good grades. Um, I was kind of a keener throughout my academic career. Always got, like, A's um, or B-pluses, you know, up in that range. Um, And, yeah, I guess just a lack of confidence. That kind of is why I think I've been introverted for most of my life. Um, I like to keep to myself naturally, like that's just kind of how I am. And I'm very happy with my own company. So I guess over the past few years, I've just recently started opening up and being, I guess, similar to you. I'm kind of both now. Like I can go out and talk to people and I get like, I have a lot of joy from that. And I love that, but I love going back home and just kind of being to myself and recharging that way. Yeah, I mean, this resonates a lot. I mean, I, I'm I'm a very introverted person, but I, I but I found using social media in a way that being open and vulnerable, although it goes against the grain as an introvert, has really helped me. And it's I've been told on numerous occasions it helps others. And I just think you you can get a very distorted view of somebody. So I look at I would look at your profile. Well, not me, but I think most people look at your profile and think she's this confident, extroverted, dynamic you know very confident person I'm not saying you're not but you're probably not are you so but it but, it, but, but that's not necessarily an act is it that that's almost is that is, is almost just can we just delve into that because it is a complete paradox isn't it to what you're really like at home yeah it is um and yeah I, I try to like come across as transparent as I can on social media and the reasoning why I started doing that it does help me too by the way like I'm sure putting stuff out in the world kind of letting it out and putting yeah. it out there because I think like I struggled with a bunch of other things too like I had eating disorders and depression and I think when you keep that really like those cards close to your chest they have a lot of power over you but then if you put them out into the world and kind of yeah. acknowledge it and accept it for what it is and that it's part of your journey that power is given up right and you have the power so that mm-hmm. has helped me a lot throughout my journey is just like putting all of that out there um and then uh yeah like you said like it helps people too like I initially never intended to build a following or have people follow me or love the stuff that I put out there um but over the course of the last few years it just kind of naturally happens because it resonates with a lot of people sharing all the the highs and the lows yeah I mean I think you've got over 200,000 followers on TikTok 50,000 on LinkedIn I mean that doesn't happen overnight I mean what what are the positives of that kind of position and also what are the negatives 
So negatives, I guess we'll just start with that and get that out of the way. Um, there's always, there's always going to be negatives. I think the more, even the more seen you are online, the more like people see you and you're, yeah. you're going to get more hate. Right. Yeah. So I have gotten, I've got a thick skin now, but before I was very, again, like didn't really have high self-esteem probably like a year, a year and a half ago, I was a lot different. And a lot of the stuff that people would say in the comments or messages mm -hmm. or whatever would really get to me. And mm -hmm. I would get so in my head and then I would sit on a post for so long and I'd be like, do I put this out? I don't know if I put this out, you know? Um, yeah. Now, like I've learned that it just comes with the job of being a creator, getting seen online and it is what it is. And um, the pros outweigh the cons for sure. But the pros is, like people come up to me, they tell me how big of an impact I've had on them and their journey. Just like little things like that really mean a lot to me. Um, yeah. Cause if I can help one person, I think my job is done and I just wish more people would open up on social media. Um, or if I can inspire someone to start documenting their journey journey and being more transparent, like that's awesome. I love to see that because we need more of that, um, especially yeah. in the entrepreneurship world. It's very shiny and it's very misleading and it discourages people i think a lot absolutely so this this is obviously the purpose-led leadership podcast and i talk about purpose on a daily basis and i firmly believe that unless you've got some assemblance at least or some sort of comprehension of what your purpose is or your why whatever you're going to struggle i think mentally and just to get that motivation and dedication so what's what's your view on on that in general what you know why are you doing what you're doing yeah, your why is so important. And I always tell people like, don't get into this just for money, because you're not going to be seeing dollar signs at the beginning. And it's going to mm. be really hard, right? Um, you know what, it's changed a lot. Like my purpose has changed so much. Initially, I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna start this business. I want to be my own boss. It would be cool to have like, something I created out in the world and people enjoying it, right? Um, now, I think like throughout the last few years, as I've documented my journey, it's to kind of show people what you're capable of, like personal excellence and um, pushing forward and doing hard things. And I think yeah. we're brought up, especially now the way that the world is like, we're brought up in a way where I don't know, like, I think we underestimate what we're capable of, you know, and we're told a certain thing and, you know, mm -hmm. it's, entrepreneurship is kind of this like big taboo thing. I think it's getting, a little bit more common now especially with direct to consumer throughout the last yeah. few years with the pandemic but um i want more people to explore that and like build their yeah. own lives you know and inspire the younger generation to go for it you make a good point about i think i think as human beings i think we we, we certainly underutilize our potential i think there's a lot of conformism around education how we manage how we're parented what we're told how we're indoctrinated you know go and get a house a car a husband or wife and you know that's success and I, th I think entrepreneurism is normally kind of frowned upon or seen as a risk but i, I personally feel doing the usual nine to five and getting a car and all that kind of stuff is, is more risky because you're not pushing yourself and i, I think that it's a tricky world at the moment, isn't it? With COVID and the war and all sorts of stuff going on. I, 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 I feel quite vulnerable in general. And I think you've talked about depression, which I want to delve into. But I think in general, it's, sometimes it's hard not to be a bit negative because of all the outside influences, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, and I mean, I've struggled with that, especially with the pandemic. It's all about like the what ifs and yeah. like, working so hard and you don't know if like it's going to work out and 
I think layering all of that in there, it just makes things so much more complex and the risk is absolutely greater. But I think flipping your mentality and the way you think about failures is super important. Like I used to look at a failure as a failure. I'm like, okay, I did something wrong. This is my fault. I messed up. You know, I was being very critical, very hard on myself. And then now I look at it and I'm like, okay, I tried that. It didn't work we're not going to do that again, you know? Um, and I think it just makes you a better and better entrepreneur. Um, mm. And you're more, you're more equipped to deal with different situations when you go through those failures and you don't, it doesn't actually, I think failures in business are different because you get that financial hit too. And you're like, Oof, that really hurt me. Like I really yeah. need to learn from this. You're forced to learn. Right. No, absolutely. So going back to chief everything officer, I mean, on one hand, I think that's a, a very funny, humorous, approach to being the ceo of your business but on the other hand i mean i, I coach ceos and leaders and more, more often than not they're, they're really we're all really really good at some things but we can't be great at everything so when you put chief everything officer did you have plans to kind of expand the business and kind of like you know, i think it's about sometimes it's about being aware of what you're good at but also what your limitations are right absolutely and uh i think uh, honestly, I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about CPG when I started the company. I just kind of had this idea and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make cookie dough. I'm going to store it in my car. I'm going to ship it out of my car. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, whatever. I tried yeah. something new. Um, and then as I grew the business, I learned more and more and more. And still to this day, like I keep learning more and more, especially as I enter retail. And there are some things that I'm just not good at and operations. It's not my strong point. I can do it. I can do mm. it. Um, but I can't do it as well as, I would like to do it and I'm not going to waste my time forcing myself to learn something that I do not enjoy and that I'm not naturally good at. Yeah. Um, so I'm good at marketing. I'm good at storytelling, building community. That's my strong suit, branding, all of that. And then yeah. the flip side is operation. So as the company is growing and we're going to be fundraising, I'm going to be bringing in someone to help with that aspect of the company just because yeah. I know it's not sustainable for me to do it on my own. Well, I'd say my hat off to you. A lot of people talk about, setting up a business and there's a big difference between talking about it and actually setting up and doing it and i'm sure you get critics but ultimately uh it can be quite a lonely existence um can't it as a as a, as a, as a business owner and solopreneur so how, how do you you've talked about depression i mean how do you i mean I, i've got two kids and i, I run a number of businesses and I, you know sometimes i do you know i do i do struggle um how do you how do you get that life harmony that life balance thing you know how, how do you regulate yourself I hate the word balance because I tried that for so long. Mm. Um, and it's really hard because your business and your personal life are so intertwined. You can't really separate the two. And I tried so hard and I was like almost swimming against the current of a stream. It just wasn't working. So mm. I just accepted that this is my life. Um, yeah, it is difficult. Um, especially I remember during the pandemic being alone in my condo, like day and night, picking, packing, shipping, no team to help me. Wow. It was super isolating. And then that's why I kind of turned to social media. And I wanted to start building out this community, whether it be just like reaching out to other founders or posting or whatnot. Um, so that is like what has really, really helped me is just having people in my circle that mm. I can reach out to whenever I need them. Um, you know, just shoot a text message and be like, Hey, I yeah. didn't have a good day. Do you want to talk about it or whatever? And that's been super, super helpful. And I think as a solopreneur, like you need that. Um, yes. and if I could go back in time and do anything different, it would be to have a co-founder because that would have helped me so much. <laughs> sure. Sure. So let, let, let's, let's delve into kind of, you know, 
Um, you, mo- you mentioned the eating disorder and, and depression. Um, I mean, I've been very open with my own mental health. I firmly believe that everyone's got mental health and it's really important to talk about it and be open. Um, so tell us about your depression. So that kind of went hand in hand with the eating disorder. Um, I like have struggled with food and my body for like my whole life, like probably like since I was like 13, maybe. Um, and then I competed in bodybuilding competitions because I'm a very extreme person. And that was when I was, gosh, this was in 2018 when I did my shows. Um, and I got very, very small. People were very, very worried about me. Mm. And um, I'm just, again, a very extreme person. So I always have to have goals to work towards. Um, and then that kind of like fixed some eating issues that I had. And then after I did my shows, I just relapsed back into bulimia, binge eating. It was like this yeah. big yo-yo. And um, I thought I could cure that with a trip. And that's kind of what led me to booking my trip to Southeast Asia, um, which only made it worse. I didn't really deal with it um, the right way. And then I got into therapy. Um, but it's it's really hard, especially the pandemic was a really big issue for me because I was alone all the time. I was, you know, I have access to like food. I don't really have anyone around me. So I would cope with food, right? Um, Mm. And then in turn, it would just lead to the cycle. Um, Like bulimia is probably the worst thing that I've ever gone through. And I would never wish it upon like my my worst enemy. It was so bad. And um, yeah, I just... It's hard too because I couldn't delegate a lot of stuff. If I had to, um, if I wanted a mental health day or wanted to lay in bed one day, I couldn't. I had to force myself up. I had to pick and pack orders. So it was kind of just this cycle. And then I really started to reach out and get help and really commit to therapy and talk to people. Mm -hmm. And that kind of pulled me out of it. But it was really difficult. Yeah. You you mentioned a couple of times you you like being alone. Um, What were your parents like? Um, so my mom is awesome. I love her. My dad's great too. Um, my dad is very, uh, very professional, very business, very like the the dinner table conversations always revolved around my grades. Um, you know, like, um, how school was, how work's going, any like new opportunities, sort of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then my mom, um, is more so like cares about my hobbies, my interests, um, mm. that those, those, that side of me, but, um, yeah. they were very great. They were very supportive of me growing up. Um, I love them both very much. They're not together anymore. They did split in 2012, right. I believe. Um, yeah. but yeah, I did. I came from a pretty loving home. That's good. Cause I mean, I, I feel, you know, if your business is doing really well, even if it is doing well and it is doing well, I think that you can't truly be happy unless you've got some other facets in your life as well. And I think a lot of people, me included, have been guilty and are still guilty to a certain extent of putting a lot of our eggs in the business basket. If we get the business to this level, if I if I buy this this holiday or this car, this watch, or I hit this target, I'm then going to be happy. And I, and I feel there's a lot of kind of um, urgency around getting things done really, really quickly and not living in the moment. And for me, things like relationships, personal development, spirituality, all that kind of stuff, exercise, diet, all that stuff is just as important as business. So what I found is um, removing myself from the business and focusing on some of the other stuff helps me in the business as well. So let's touch on that in terms of relationships, relationships with yourself, relationships with partners and all that kind of stuff. Where are you with all that kind of? 
kind of area? I used to be like you and I was always chasing the next thing. And I actually worked with a business coach and she made some really good points. And she's like, are you ever going to be happy then? If you always live like that or when, or when you're dead, like when are you going to have time to celebrate, you know, and really enjoy those moments that you worked so hard for? Cause it's always shifting, right? Like you always have the finish line is here, but then it keeps moving. And by the time you reach it, there's a new finish line. That's that. So I think, yeah, like you need to, um, give yourself love and, um, pour into other areas of your life. Like you touched on all of it, like the relationships, exercise, like you can't Mm -hmm. neglect all of that. And if you're not fueling yourself, you can't fuel your business. Um, and then you're not performing at peak performance. So Mm -hmm. I include exercise into my days every day. I make sure to spend time with my friends and my family. I take one day off a week. I try to unplug completely for the weekend. It doesn't yeah. always happen, but cool. I think that is super important. And I used to feel guilty for it, but I realized, you know, like I operate better when I take this time for myself. Yeah. Um, you know, like I could burn myself out and work seven days a week and operate at 50% rather than operating at 100% five days a week or six days a week, you know? Absolutely. Going back to that alone piece, I mean, I've, I've, been single now for about three years and it's done me a lot of good and I, I now I used to be of the opinion that I don't need anybody in my life to make me happy I, it's about self-love making making yourself feel happy and content with yourself but actually I've changed tact in the last few months around actually I think I think real self-actualization and happiness real joys can be shared and should be shared when you find out with someone else it's really good what's your view on your own relationships to date and your view on kind of the need to have somebody who actually do you really need anybody in your life uh I think a need I think it's it's both you know um I used to be very dependent I guess codependent you could say um and I've only ever really been in one serious relationship and it wasn't the healthiest relationship so I spent a lot of time doing self-work and loving myself and learning what I like and what I don't like and you know, um, just, yeah, healing myself and my relationship with myself. Cause it's true. It's that whole, if you can't love yourself, you know, you you need need, need to fix that stuff. So I 100% agree. And I think when you find the right person, it's like puzzle pieces, right? Like you Mm -hmm. fit each other in the right ways and they have their goals. They have their life. You have your goals, you have your life. And then you're working together towards those goals in harmony and you kind of are each other's cheerleaders like that's the perspective that I have now on it like you shouldn't be relying on someone else to bring you happiness you should already have that filled and then this is just kind of like the sprinkles on the cake you know you already got the icing and everything they're just adding a little oomph on top you know (laughs) absolutely um and what about your darkest moment what's been your darkest moment so far ever my darkest moments ever (laughs) uh gosh um I don't know I I had a really bad breakup my first my first breakup ever was really hard and I think that has led me to the person that I am today and I'm so grateful for that experience because it was so bad and so hard but I learned so much about myself in the process and I was so young I was like 20 I think um and uh my other darkest moment is probably just, yeah, like my, my eating disorder days where I was just really shameful about myself, my body, 
Mm. It would do crazy things. It's almost like I had someone come into my head and like take over my body. Like when I was really? going through these episodes, yeah, it was not fun. It was not fun. Um, I'm in recovery now, so I'm I'm happy and healthy. But well, yeah, fair play to you. It's like yeah, is is it? It sounds like as if people 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 say you have a choice and you're in control. But I, th I think sometimes with addiction or whatever it might be like that. Well, I, I've suffered from addiction myself. I'm not saying you were addicted. You might well have been. Maybe you'd say that. But sometimes, you you know, something comes in like that and there is nothing you can do and you just got to try and just get through it, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, addiction is, whether it be food or drugs or alcohol or whatever, um, it can be really dangerous and it can be really hard to pull yourself out of that because it can be yeah. a cycle that you fall into. And I just remember being in a cycle and actually like contemplating my life. I didn't think that I could get out of it. And I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live like this. Like I would be, I put my body through so much, um, which makes me really sad to talk about. And, yeah. you know, I, I really hate that I did that for so long, but um, the fact that I'm here and I'm healthy and I don't do that anymore makes me really happy. And I'm really proud of myself for that, but it is tough. I think it's great that you talked about that and you, you, you openly admit you've been in therapy. And I think, I think if, if that can help one person, then that, that's an important thing. I think far too many people in this world are actually functioning addicts. What I mean by that is that they're addicted to something, be it social media or whatever it might be, uh, could be booze or whatever, but they would never even consider almost admitting or letting their guard down. And I think, I think a lot of people in this world, and I've been guilty of this as well, you know, do go through the motions. They do the nine to five, they go home, they watch Netflix, they get up. And it's like, and this is why I think that unless you've got some meaning and some purpose in your life, I just think, um, how, how can you be motivated and dedicate and dedicate? And I'm not saying everyone has to be an entrepreneur, right? Just because we're entrepreneurs doesn't make us different people, but I just think I'd prefer to regret something I've done than something I haven't done. Yeah, I fully agree with you. Um, and that's why, like, when I was working the nine to five life, I would listen to, like, entrepreneurship podcasts. Mm. Like, every day I would go into work. And I remember it was just like, it was like I was living the same day over and over again. And I'm like, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. And the environment, like, it was toxic yeah. and work environment, yeah. you know, um, and I just kind of looked at the bigger picture and I thought, what is this going to lead to? Is this going to be my life until I retire? Um, like, I feel like I owe more to the world than what I'm currently giving. So yeah. I think that's too, like people need to like sit down with themselves and be like, okay, what do I have to offer the world? Um, like what skills do I have? Am I doing a disservice mm. by staying in my current life and like living my current life? Yeah. Um, because I think everyone does have a purpose. It's just, it is hard to find it. And you have to really do some digging and do lots of trial yeah. and error. Absolutely. So what pisses you off at the moment in general? <laughs> what pisses me off? Um, gosh. When people are just like very inauthentic. Um, like I, I see a lot of shiny stuff on social media, um, especially with business and stuff. And they're talking about mm. all the wins, but they don't talk about the losses and I hear a lot of stuff behind the scenes and I'm yeah. like, Oh, you didn't talk about that. You know, like you could be doing 5 million a year in revenue, but if you're spending like 200 grand a month on ads, you don't talk about that. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, just, yeah, I guess just a lot of that stuff. That's very misleading for people who are getting into business and 
Um, I was one of those people that was kind of fooled a little bit when I first mm. got into this and thought, oh, wow, I could be doing that in a year. Like, that's easier, you know, like people make it look a lot easier than it really is. So that's, I guess that's one big thing, I think. No, that's good. So you say you're an extreme person. You've touched on um, the body stuff and the eating stuff. What, what else is extreme about you? I, I'm really competitive. Um, so I like in school, I always had to like have the best project or get the best grades. Um, yeah. I actually had horses growing up. I had miniature horses and I would show them competitively and I would always have to be first place. Um, and I would have to have like the best performance. So I think I'm just like, you know, competitive at heart. Um, mm. And that has made me a very extreme person. And then I'm trying to get better at it, but I was very all or nothing or black and white and which is what led yeah. to my disordered eating habits. Um, but I've definitely gotten better at that, but that's, I guess just being competitive. <laughs> okay. Um, th there's been a lot of narrative lately, isn't there on, on, on various platforms about feminism, um, LB, LBQT plus also um, equity and equality and sexism, all that kind of stuff. And I feel there's a, an enormous amount of change going on at the moment. I want to get your lens on kind of masculine energy, feminine energy, you know, what men can do better at, be better at, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on and it's, it's, it can be quite confusing, I think, for people. Yeah, I think so. Um... I've heard a lot of different perspectives on everything. Like I, my friend is the author of a book called uh, the future of food is female. And she basically interviewed a bunch of females in these like food, better for you, food space, all vegan. Um, and I attended one of her book signings as a panelist. And I had someone email, actually, this is, this is just like a side story. Someone emailed me and they said, I can no longer support your business because you're sexist. Um, because I was being a panelist at this Future of Food is Female event. Um, and I guess historically for so long, we kind of look at the food space and a lot of the big companies like Nestle and the P&G companies, yeah. they're run primarily by white male men. Um, there are very yeah. few women in this space. So yeah. I think there is, I think things are getting a lot better. And we're also seeing across the board, like I think it's 2% of all VC money goes towards female entrepreneurs mm. the rest is men um and it's been very difficult for females to get um funding so i think there are some areas for improvement and i think we are seeing i guess more equality um come across the board as time progresses but i still think there is some improvement that needs to be made um but i guess that's just like my perspective on it and i know being in the food space a lot of my friends have gone out and tried raising money and it is really difficult for them. And yeah. they have experienced some, a little bit of sex, sexism from, um, I guess, trying to fundraise. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. The, the food industry itself talks about that. It's very competitive, low margin area, isn't it? Right. Yeah. It's all about velocity. You got to sell through a lot. Mm. So how, how do you how do you do that then? Because obviously you must you must need to you obviously need to raise finance, but you must be kind of forever trying to manage the stock levels to the right. So you can't you can't have too much stock at the right time. Or how's that going for you? Uh, it's difficult being a startup founder because um, like you don't really know like your projections are kind of all over the place. I'm always adding new accounts. Like 
this month I'm going to be launching into 22 more stores. So the inventory, like the PO that I got from my distributor is pretty significant compared to my previous one. So yeah. kind of inconsistent, almost like a staircase. It's slow, yeah. um, gradual growth, but as you get, a, as you get bigger and you have um, more reports from your retailers and you kind of see what your velocity is and what it averages out to be, um, you can kind of predict a lot better. But mm. this is my first, I think I'm like six months into retail. So it's still really new for me. So we're just launching into our first stores. You know, I, th- I, think, I think you can you can have all the grand designs about business plans and operations and that kind of stuff. But I think most of the best businesses, the ones that actually, you need a plan strategy, but just get up and do it, right? And I think I get that sense from you where kind of like, sometimes you can overthink things and you just got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Is that, so is, that, is that your kind of your, I mean, that, was that your philosophy kind of like, um, let's just crack on? Because I mean, more often than not, um, the businesses that actually don't get off the ground are the ones that, they, they, you know, they're, they're forever like doing the website or they're, they're trying to perfect everything before they do it. Yeah, I, I, totally. Um, and I think it's, what is it, the paralysis by over analysis is That's like it. what happens people kind of look at all the stuff that they have to do and they're like oh my yeah. gosh it's so much or you know you just figure it out when you get there like mm. I launched the company and I wasn't planning to do retail right off the bat and it scared me like I had no idea what I was doing I didn't yeah. know any of the terminology like consumer packaged goods I didn't know what CPG meant like a year and a half into owning a CPG company so <laughs> I think like you just have to go into it and then you're going to learn as you go it's like um everyone says entrepreneurship is like building a plane as it's in the air which is literally mm. what it is yeah so you must have had like some scary moments some areas uh times of anxiety and all that kind of stuff um because you're a human being right <laughs> right yeah so tell us about those moments where you've, you've kind of, you know, doubted yourself and what, what sort of techniques and how have you pulled yourself through? Because it's, 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 it's sometimes it's just 24-7, isn't it, sometimes? It is, yeah. Like I've had, especially lately, like there's been times where I've waken up in the middle of the night and it's kind of like, what the F am I doing? Um, especially like, because like, like you mentioned, CPG, like the margins are small. Um, like I'm not paying myself. I'm almost three years in and that's pretty normal for, right. for this industry. Um, right. It is really tough and everything usually just gets reinvested back into the business and you need a ton of funds. So there's been times where I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not qualified for this. Um, imposter syndrome is a huge thing that I've dealt with and I've yeah. learned that so many people deal with it. It's not just me. It's people who own like a hundred million dollar companies or who have sold multiple companies. And I think just having those conversations really helps me. Mm. And then also sitting down with myself. I love, like, I love pen and paper. I love using those as tools. I put away my phone. I sit down and I put um, columns and I just like write things in different columns. Yes. And um, I think like recognizing what you've achieved and understanding that it's not luck and you're here for a reason and you worked hard to get here. Like that's really important because I think we can get in our heads so yeah. much and it can be like this big spiral. If we let it go, it just will go all the way down, you know, and it's not good for you. That's really good advice. I mean, w- when we do step out of that and actually write down some of the things, it's like, it's a bit of a wake up. It's like, actually, I'm a bloody good person. It's like, cause more often than not, um, you know, what we think is what we feel. And what we feel is how we act. And I think it's so important as if you've got, if you've got, especially if you've got no one around you, but you have. So what, what about your proudest moment? What's your proudest moment so far? Gosh, I, I guess there's a couple, like I love helping people. 
Like I try to mentor at least once a week. I have people reach out to me. Mm. Um, and the fact that I can help someone achieve their dreams or help them um, prevent like making the same mistakes that I made, like that, that makes me really happy. And I love being a part of someone else's journey. And then I guess just like, you know, taking a product from making it myself and storing it in my condo living room to now having it in over a hundred stores. Like that's yes. pretty mm-hmm. cool. And the fact that I can just like go in and pick up one of my containers from like uh, one of the local grocery stores, it's pretty cool. And it's like a pretty surreal feeling. So yeah. What, what advice would you give um, someone trying to build that personal brand on any of the platforms? How, how if they someone just starting out or they felt anxious about it, what would you say to them? Just put out content. Don't overthink it. Um, mm. I think that's kind of what I did. And I didn't think about the people that would see it. You know, like I kind of created this post and I'm like, okay, I like this post. I'm just going to put it here. This is the timeline. This is my story. It's almost like a little book that I'm creating. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really think about who would see it and right. who would comment on it. And um, I think you kind of have to get over the fear of caring what people think and you just start putting out content. And then as you start to put out content, you're going to get people who message you, who comment, who love what you're doing, who support you, who yeah. are going to kind of cheer you on. It's going to make things a lot easier for you to put content out in the future um it is it is difficult it is difficult to uh be vulnerable in front of people online Mm -hmm. so i think that's really really good advice because i think a lot of us um sometimes put out content and you know with the intention of i wonder what they're going to think or i wonder how that's going to be received and when you're when it's like that i think that's a dangerous place to be isn't it yeah and you should ask your question ask yourself questions like who is this going to help like, what value am I adding? Yeah. Um, you know, like, what what would happen if I didn't put this out? You know, like, you never yeah. know who it could reach. And I think, like, it took me a while, but I did post about my mental health struggles and my eating disorder. And I probably had, like, 30 people message me asking me for help, yeah. um, tools, resources, yeah. my therapist. And they were actually struggling with the exact yeah. same thing that I struggled with. So, um, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. there are people out there that... Um, are going to see your content and it's going to resonate with them and it's going to help yeah. them. So and you touched on being trolled. I mean, I, I mean, when we get to kind of reasonable levels on social media platforms, we, we, it just goes with the territory. There's going to be people that try to attack us and, and attack you and troll you like you. I think at the start, I got quite uh, affected by it. I'd always respond and sometimes get into an argument. Now I'm like, you know, if I'm being trolled, it's, it's a, it's a good thing. Cause it's, you know, but how, how, how do you deal with it or how have you dealt with it? How would you advise others to do that? Don't engage. Um, I very rarely do anymore. I would say like 99% of the time I don't. And uh, it's kind of flattering if someone takes time out of their day to comment on your stuff. That's that's what they're deciding to use their energy on and just think that, okay, like I'm a little bit better than that. I don't do that. Mm. I don't go around and spread that kind of negativity and hate. So it's also a projection of themselves too. Like people that do that intentionally are not generally happy with themselves or their current life or situation so i don't know like i kind of just say a little prayer and move on and wish them the best in my head um and Mm. you know but that doesn't not to say that i don't get bothered by some of it still there are comments sometimes that i look at and i'm like oof, that was mean they really they knew what to say there so um 
the other thing, if you're really bothered, like getting a virtual assistant or someone to like with TikTok, yeah. especially to go through comments, that can be helpful. <laughs> yes. Especially in the amount of followers you've got. <laughs> yeah. So how, how would you describe your personality, your brand then? Cause it's, it's quite, I wouldn't say out there. It's a bit unfair, but I mean, I, I love your vivacious, uh, positive vibe on TikTok, on TikTok. How do you describe yourself? <laughs> <laughs> thank you um i don't know i guess the brand itself is very fun and playful um mm. and i a lot of my like customers are gen z millennials and they really love like the trends and stuff and i try to keep it happy and good vibes you know um yeah. but yeah i uh i never again i never intended to be the face of my brand and it just kind of worked out like that and i kind yeah. of just leaned heavy into that so people know brodo is erica and erica from brodo they're intertwined and yeah, mm. I just try to keep, try to keep it fun and lighthearted. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. We're kind of reaching the last sort of couple of questions. Um, so, if you could turn the clock back, you know, uh, five or ten years, what would you do differently with your life? Five or ten years. So, where would that leave me? That would leave me. I think I would have skipped university because I really? studied for four years. Um, I'm very grateful because my parents did pay for my education. Uh, but I did get my degree in psychology and I wish that I took that time to learn business and pursue entrepreneurship sooner. Sure. Um, not that I said, like, I don't regret going to school, but I mean, if I could go back in time, that's what I would do. I think. Brilliant. You mentioned a book earlier. All right. Sorry. You writing a book, did you say earlier as well? No, um, no. So I guess the way that I describe like my LinkedIn or my social right. media is almost like a, like a timeline that people can kind of flip through. So I kind yeah, of like the story tell um, and then have people, you know, go to my mm. social media and can kind of see the growth and stuff and almost like flip through almost like a book. Um, yeah. I would love to write a book one day. I'm not sure. Maybe <laughs> that'll be in the cards. I don't know. <laughs> sure, sure. So then... Um, What's what sort of one piece of advice you'd like to give the audience uh, in terms of entrepreneurship or just life in general? Don't be afraid to fail. Um, I think people are so scared of like looking stupid or not knowing things. But I like like you said, I'd rather regret the things that I did and I tried than the things I haven't. And I don't like thinking about the what ifs, like. Um, entrepreneurship or whatever you decide to do whether it be career change or whatever it's going to be scary from the beginning but you're going to learn and you're going to grow and I think like it's like a staircase right like you're gonna do something new and it's either going to work out or it's not going to work out and it's going to lead you down this weird winding road and you're going to end up somewhere where you never thought you would be so I think just like accept failure it's going to come with it and without failure you're not going to have success so yeah, fail forward. Fail fast, fail forward. Is that what it is? <laughs> That's it. I absolutely love that. Um, so where where's the best place for someone to find you, do you think? So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Erica Rankin. Um, my website's growwithericacom And then I also have Brodo available for Canadians, brodo.ca. And then we're in stores across Ontario as well. Erica, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a great conversation. The Purpose-Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Vincherry, the recruitment operating system used by over 20,000 recruiters worldwide. I chose to partner with Vincherry because I'm a customer and I love their modern rec operating system, a single tech platform to streamline the front, middle and back office operations of executive search, perm, contract and temp businesses. 
If you're looking for a breed of new tech partner, talk to Vincheri. They have followed us on support with seven offices around the world. Check them out at vincheri.io forward slash Chris O'Connell for an exclusive offer for all listeners.